Today's daf is daf Chav Zayin. We're holding at the bottom of Chav Vav Mabez. And what I'm going to bring down, a machlokas Shmuel of Yechanan. Let me just explain uh, what the issues are and some of the concepts. Uh, and we'll try to make this as simple as possible. We're going to be discussing the concept of a woman that is a Duma. What is a Duma? A Doma. That means that she has a reputation that she's promiscuous. There's been no witnesses. But literally, don't means that there's, there's murmuring or speech about her. Alright? Now let's go through, just in general, what concerns there could be. Alright? And we're gonna break it down in, in, in the following manner. Let's talk about if she's an Asia's ish, if she's married or single. And let's talk about in terms of if you are a Kohen or you're not a Kohen. And the issue over here is, we're given an option, should you, this is the, this is the way uh, the, the situation is written. You have an option. You can marry either woman A or woman B. Woman A is the Doma herself, the woman about who there is these murmurings going on, the woman that has a reputation that she is of ill repute. And Bas Doma is a daughter that is born from her. You're right? And there's no option. There's no door C. You are stuck. You have to marry either one or the other. So obviously you want to marry the one that has the least halachic... Uh, the negative halachi possibilities that could emanate. That's what you're looking for, the least problems. Now, the key that has to be taken into account is there is no witnesses. So therefore, generally, when there's no witnesses, you have a chazaka. Chazaka means that you assume... That's his kashas, correct. However, there is a possibility. So you want to limit, mitigate the possibility of something negative. So who should you marry? The Doma or the Bas Doma? That's the shot. Now what are the issues here? Now let's say she's married. So any woman that's married, okay, any affair that she will have, any relationship she'll have outside of that marriage is problematic, right? And that will give her the halachic status of a zona. When a woman has a relationship that, uh, that, uh, of, that he's not allowed to be having, that'll give her the halachas of a zona. Now, as a zona, that's only problematic if she wants to marry a Kohen. A non-Kohen has no issues marrying a woman that has halachically the status of a zona. That does, there's no prohibition preventing that from happening. Now, if, in fact, Right, so that if she is married, that could be the problem in terms of the location of, of Zona. Now, if she's not married and she has, uh, 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 she's promiscuous, so then to a Kohen, the problem will be, to a Kohen, the problem will be, is if she has relations with someone that a Kohen, that, that, that would not be allowed to, be ma- to marry. So for example, she had relations with a non-Jew. That would give her the status of a zona. She has relations with a relative. That would give her the sta- a status of a zona. Right? Again, in terms of the Yisroel, not necessarily that problematic. Now, the child, on the other hand, now this is another, this is a whole ball, a different ball of wax. Because if that child, from let's say in a married situation, that child would be, if it was not from the husband, would be a mamzer, and that would be also to everybody. But just bear in mind, as we're going to see what Yochan is going to talk about, is that even when we know that a woman actually was promiscuous, there is a concept of rov be'ilus achorabal. Statistically, 
that if you don't know who the child is from, statistically you assume that it's going to be from the husband because he's the one that has the majority of uh, in, uh, intercourses with her, and therefore there is a, 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 a consequence. So, the time of Chazaka, the Rovah is Achrabah. So, therefore, they could be that could affect even a non-Kohen. But nevertheless, there is this rope. On the other hand, what about the, the child marrying the child? So then, again, statistically, would assume the child is okay, right? If it was from the marriage situation. Now, even if it's not from a situation where she was married. Even if she had relations, let's say that she had relations with a mamzer or with a guy, that would stray, that would create a taint on the lineage. The child, in the case of the mamzer, would be a mamzer. In a guy, that's not a mamzer, we come out of and Yavomas, but it is considered to be a defective strain. So therefore, even as a Yisrael, maybe you don't want to be marrying the child because of a defective strain. So Shaila is, you have to make your choice, pick your poison. One or the other. The mother of, who has a, uh, a reputation, or a child of, it doesn't have to be this particular mother, but a child of a woman that has a, what is the, 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 if you only have, you have door A and door B, there is no door C, which one should you choose that to you is the, mitigates the, uh, the, 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 the situation over here? Now we're gonna see, this would apply to a Yisrael, but even a Maskana, even to a Kohen, why? And even the, the leniency would be allowed even to a Kohen, because again, there's no Adim, that said that it for sure happened, I tried it, you have a Cheskis Kashrus. The Kohen can rely on the Cheskis Kashrus as well. So I don't want to make it too complicated. You go through all the different scenarios, but let's read, let's read over here what, what, what the ruling is. So let's see. Amar Shmuel, Yisra Adam, that if a person has no choice, you should rather marry the Duma, Baal Yisra Bas Duma, rather marry the woman who has got the reputation herself, as opposed to a child from such a woman. Why? He says, Because even though she has this reputation, but both her parents, their lineage was untainted. Whereas the child of such a woman, even though the child does not have that reputation, but there is the outside possibility that the child is coming from someone whose father tainted her lineage. If he would be a guy or if he would be a mamzer, for sure it would be problematic. And therefore, even though there is a cheskis kashrus, but you want to pay, you want to play the, uh, play the, the play the odds. That's your, you're better off. All right. That is the position of, of, of Shmuel. Rabbi Yochanan says like this. Rabbi Yochanan says, I disagree with you. Amar Yisra Adam Bas Duma, you'd rather marry the Bas Duma, Val Yisra Duma. Why? Because what are you concerned about? You're concerned about, and he's addressing specifically the case where she was married, right? Where the Duma was married. But you could take it to the next level as well. But he's saying like this, you're comp- concerned the Duma, she's been promiscuous, right? Now, the child, what are you concerned? The child might be a mamzer. That's what you're concerned about. He says, statistically, Right? We have Rov Be'ilus Achar Abal. We can assume that therefore it's, it's almost nil that the child will be considered to be a mamzer. Therefore, so what are you looking in terms of your relationship? What's better for you? One second. If you're already going into a marriage with a woman that has been suspected already of doing things that she shouldn't do, why would you want to go into a marriage with such a woman? Rather marry the daughter that doesn't have that type of reputation. Okay, what do you want about that there's a percentage that she might might be a mamzer. 
Zeres. There's a Chazaka, you don't have to worry about that for the daughter, but you do have to worry that the same way she cheated on her last husband, she's going to cheat on you as well. That's more concerning. And therefore, Rabbi Yochanan says, Al Yisad Duma, do not marry the mother of the Duma. Because the daughter still has maintained her Cheskes Kashas, whereas the mother has acted in a way that she has lost some of her Cheskes Kashas through the behavior that she has exhibited. And you're going to be dealing with the same problem. Don't think that you're not going to have that same problem that she had before you married her. Married. So therefore, what's that? She should be married, right? This girl should be from a marriage. The father is there, right? There is a, she's married to somebody. Uh, uh, what are we saying? We don't want the Duma or the Bas Duma? The Bas Duma. The Bas Duma, the problem was that the, the reputation, the way in the case, the mother had been married. Yes. Yeah, yeah, be married, yeah. Be right, mother, right? right. Now, says it more like this. So now the Gemara has a kasha, Mesevei. Now the Brisa is going to be worded in a way that we're going to challenge the wording of the Brisa. What does it say? No se Adam Duma. Now the question is like this. The question is asking who's it, if the Brisa reads the way it says, you should rather marry the Duma. So who's that a question on? On Rabbi Yochanan, because that's what Shmuel's opinion, right? That knows Adam Duma. Now remember, un- unless Brises came from the, the, the certain Batse Medrash that where the edi- editing was perfect, there's always a question about the wording and the editing of Brises. And that's going to be the most going to question. No, sir, Adam Duma's mashma lechatchila. Go look for a Duma. Now we know that's untenable, right? We can go look for a Duma. You have a choice. Don't marry the Duma or the Bas Duma, right? Go, 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 go and get a woman that doesn't have any problems. So the wording of the Brysa, that one's going to show you that. How can you say that you can ask me a question from such a Brysa? The wording of this Brysa, obviously it's a defective Brysa. Fregimor, I'm a rubber, but it does it make sense to ask from this Brysa? No, sir. Lechatchila, you should look to marry a Duma. So, Ella, you obviously have to re-edit the Bryce to make it sound like it's a Bidyevin. That if you're going to get married, you don't have a choice. If not, so, it's better you marry a Duma. Right? You have to reword it, that it's a Bidyevin, not a Lechatchila. So then, Rabbi Yochanan says, well, once you're already re-editing the Bryce and you're agreeing that the Bryce is defective, so then, Taninami Bas Duma. Because it's another way of saying, basically, you can't rely on this Bryce. So, you're already going to start making matter modifications, then don't ask for me from Duma, you could read it as Bas Duma. As well, what's the halacha? adam bas duma that it's preferable if you don't have a choice, marry the bas duma and don't marry the duma. duma, which means the halacha follows the position of Rabbi Yochanan. The Tani Rab Tachliva Bar Maharova, the Tachliva Bar Maharova taught in the Brisa Kamei Rabavahu Isha Mezana Banea Kasherim. That even when you have a woman that is known to be mezan, is known to be promiscuous, a married woman, you can still assume that the children she have has are kshevim. Why? Because Robe Ilus Acharabal, statistically, Robe Ilus Acharabal, and she has that cheskas kashas for her children relying on that robe. So, boy of Aram, what are you dealing with a woman that is, it's not the norm. Her level of promiscuity is such that perhaps that it means you cannot even rely on that statistic of Rov Be'ilus Achar Habal, so then would you still say that the children have a Cheskes Kashrus or not? Right? Again, I don't know the frequency or numbers, not, not clear, but that was a Shaila. So Mahu. So now, Moran says like this, 
The Gemara says there is a machlokes in Masechah's need, and how this works biologically in today's science, not for now. Mr. Shem will get to Masechah's need, the last Masechta in Shas before the Sea of Mashas, but the machlokes is like this. When, at what point in a woman's cycle is she fertile? Is she susceptible to conceive? The machlokes is, according to one opinion, it's right before that she ovulates, right before she becomes a nida. Right before. And the other opinion says, no, it's right before she goes to the mikvah, which means that it's after she has had her menses, after she's become a nida. So one opinion holds it's right before, and one holds it's immediately after. That's the, now, there's manazeh, there is a shayla, there's certain women that, that, that they ovulate, and they're still in counting the yamei tahara, and it's a big problem, because then they, they can't get pregnant, because they can only, by the time they go to the mikvah, they've missed their, uh, the point of ovulation, they missed the point of when they can get pregnant. It's a big shayla, what do you do? Can we count less days? Or whatever it is. But now, it says like this. If the husband obviously knows the wife is behaving in such a manner, and no husband wants the children to be mamzer, so it says like this: If it's right before she gets her period, that's not something the husband can keep an eye on. Why? Because it's very hard to pinpoint when exactly. But if it's right after she got her period, the husband knows when she gets her period. So it says like this. So according to the opinion that it's right after, we can still rely on the chazaka. Why? Because the husband's going to make sure that the children are going to be his. But according to the opinion that it is right before, she ovulates right before she gets her period, the husband's not able to safeguard that, so then the child still remains. Can you rely on the chazaka where she is overly promiscuous? That is the Gemara Shaila. So he says as follows, Therefore, boy Rab Amra, Maisa Prince of Yosa, if she's overly promiscuous, what is the halacha mahu? So now I leave the man to Amra, ain't Isha Misabberis, Ella Samoth Levesta, that she only becomes pregnant, she ovulates right before she has her Man says right before she becomes a nida, lo to bayalach to lo yadava. There you say actually the way the Gemara words it. There you don't really have the shaila because since he's not able to know, if he's not able to know, the one's asking it the other way around. Since he's not able to know, he can't safeguard. And if he can't safeguard, and she's so promiscuous, then you cannot rely on what. Rov be'ilus. Rov be'ilus acharabal, because you don't necessarily have the rov over there. So lo brother, lo yadav, lo mantar lo, and you don't have the statistics anymore. So then you talk, you have a problem. Keep the Bible. The shaila that can still be asked is, I'll leave it to man to amra, ain't ishim isaberis, elasamach tzuilasa, is that a woman becomes uh, fertile, a woman is able to have children, she uh, ovulates, after, right before she goes, to, when she goes to the mikvah, which is right after she's become a nida. So my, what's the Allah? Came in the yad the boss, since the husband knows that time, he can pinpoint that time, he knows when she became an idol, the Turi so he's going to safeguard because he wants to make it sure the children are his children. Since this woman is overly promiscuous, you can't even rely on the safeguarding of the husband, so like, so then you can't rely on the will, then you can't rely on the chazaka, and that's take on results. So the Gemara comes out, Maskana, is that if she's overly promiscuous, according to the sheet that she becomes able to come pregnant before she gets the, uh, her period, then you for sure have a problem, because the husband can't safeguard that. The shaila is, what about if she only becomes pregnant after, so on that you can ask the shaila, and that's unresolved, and one doesn't answer it. Now, let's keep going. We said there are certain people that are incapacitated, they're not able to do the kinui. So it's sometimes when Basin see that a woman is acting in a way that had the husband been here, he would have given her a warning, they act as a proxy, they step in 
and they give the proxy, they do the kinui on behalf of the husband. That was the, that we had in the Mishnah. So the Elush of Eish Nikulu. Tanra wanna learn to the price, the Ish. That Bazak starts off Ish. Why does it say Ish Ish? Why does it mention Ish twice? Right, when it comes to the warning of the, uh, of this woman. Matam the Ish Ish. The Rabbah's Ish is Cheresh. This is to include the Parsha of the Kinui, not only for a person who has capacity, but even a, a wife of a Cheresh, someone who's a, a, a mute, who's deaf and mute, the Aisha Shrota, or someone who's deranged, Aisha Shamam, Shamam is, uh, she says that he has, is the certaining of the heart. There's also some type of despondency or uh, emotional mess up that he's not able to do it himself. or that he's away on a business trip, of was incarcerated, based in that case, they act as the Ish. They step up and they do it on his behalf. And the impact of it is that if she actually does have stira, in the very least, she's going to end up losing her ksuba because it was kina in stira. So you might think you can rely on that even to let them do what? To let them drink the maize. So the only one who can give her to drink is the husband. And since the husband wasn't there to be able to give her to drink, then they cannot... Uh, Basin can't step in and, 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 and give it to but drink instead. Gets, so he gets released, but now. Oh, let's see, we'll see. So, so he says, even he can give it to drink, like you're saying, because she gets a bottle of and he gets released, he can go ahead and let her, let him give, let her get drink. So there is a way she could drink with the kino of Basin, and the husband then gets released and will do it. So therefore, the what is the actual actual machloikus over here? So Rabbanon Sabri by Since the two, the warning and the bringing her to drink are written juxtaposed right next to each other, it means the husband has to do both. And since in the case where Basin did it, it wasn't the husband. So even if the husband gets released, he can't give it to drink because he wasn't the one. That did the kinui. Rabbi Yezisava, he doesn't make that a drosha. He says, as long as the husband's there to give her to drink, he can rely on the kinui that was done by the basin. You don't have to have them tied together. The Pazik says like this. This is the Pazik. This is the, the laws of the warning. When a woman uh, goes astray uh, under the jurisdiction of her husband, and she defiles herself. So now, why does it say, Isha Takas Isha? It just says uh, grammatically, <coughs> Isha can mean either a woman. There's a dot in the hay of the word Isha, then it's read. Some Balakara actually they say, Isha, it's called a Mapeke. They make it more of a guttural sign. Yep. Isha is a her husband. It's possessive. So therefore, it's. Ish, the Ishallah. Isha Shallah. Uh, right? Her, so therefore, I mean, uh, her, her husband's. Ish, Isha Shallah, actually. Isha Shallah. So therefore, her, see, a woman that went astray under her husband. So it compares the two Ishas, woman, it's wife and husband, are being juxtaposed together. So Moses like Isha Ish, to compare the man to the woman. The Isha Ish, and the woman to the man. So what are you comparing the man to the woman, the woman to man? For what halacha are you comparing the two? So I'm Rav Sheish. I'm going to give a number of examples of where, because of this drosha, the man and woman are compared. So I'm Rav Sheish. We have a halacha that if a woman is blind, 
You cannot give her to drink meisaita. Why? There's a kasa. It says lo mashke. You cannot give it to drink. It says that uh, I'm sorry. The first one is there's imahun suma that if the man is blind, if the man is blind, so then you cannot give her to drink the meisaita. Why? Because the pasuk says that it was to be concealed that she did something out of the eyes of out of the vision of the man. It's mashma. He has vision, but she did it. She hid away from him. But a guy who's always blind, then you can't say vanilla because he, ha- he doesn't have vision to begin with. So from the way we learn that for whatever reason the Parsha Sota can only apply by a husband if he's able to see. Alright? So therefore, but that Allah, just as there's no Din Sota if the husband is blind, so the same Allah applies, there's no Din Sota if the wife He's blind as well. That's what the Isha, Isha, that juxtaposition teaches you. If she's blind, she wouldn't drink either. Rav Ashi Amar, another drosha. That a woman that is uh, uh, either got a, a, a leg that's chopped off or a hand that's chopped off, she's not able to drink. Because the Father says, Behemid, that the coin will make her stand up. Raya Cohen as Aisha Lufnashem and Nazna Kaba Kapeh and he'll put it on her palms. He'll put the mincha down into her hands. So it shows you she has to be able to stand and she also has to have hands. So therefore, so if she's a Chigeres or Gidemes, that she has, she's not able to stand or she does not have hands, so therefore, there's no Din Sota. So this is where you see Isha Leish. So too, if the husband is either missing a limb, a hand or a leg, okay, so therefore, he has no leg or no hand, also, he would not be able to give her to drink. All same idea, that a woman that is mute, Lohaiza shows that she's not able to drink. Why? Because the positive says she has to be able to say Amen Amen. She's Amen Amen, you can't say it if he's moved. So therefore, so therefore, the Khsiba Amra Isha Amen Amen. So Kahu, so too, if he is mute, He's not able to give it to drink. And that's the Isha Isha, three examples of what he learned man to woman, woman to man. We are now beginning the fifth parak of Meseches Saita. Yeah, we have, there are other halachas as well. That there's something that he blows up too if he's right. right. Now, no, no, that doesn't, doesn't work. Right, we had that before. Now, let's start. Now, this Mishnah, Rashi teaches us this long Mishnah, the rest of the Dapta. Today is the one mission is uh, is, they, is, is, is re- referencing a situation that happened in Masechus Brochus. What happened Masechus Brochus? We had over there that the Rosh Hedron was Rabbi Gamliel, and his Bar Plukta was Rabbi Yeshua, and the Chachamim were upset that a number of times in Machlokus, Rabbi, Rabbi Gamliel treated Rabbi Yeshua in what they deemed to be a disrespectful, inappropriate way, and Rabbi Gamliel was impeached. And they brought Rabbi Elazar ben Azariah to take over the Sanhedrin. They put him in charge of that position. And then later on, Rabbi Yishin, Rabbi Gamliel came back, he apologized, whatever it is. And they ended up saying it was like they split duties. Three weeks one, one week the other. They ended up going back. But on the day that he was impeached, he started, the, Rabbi Gamliel was very mocked by the people, if they're not Tochel Kabara, he wouldn't let everybody into the base Medrash. And the day that he was impeached, all of a sudden, they, uh, it says that Nisosvu, that, that uh, thousands of benches were added to the base Medrash because of all the new people that came, and there was a tremendous kola Torah, and certain halachas were taught on the day of that impeachment, which is right, written in a Masechah called Edios. 
It is all of the testimonies that were given during that time period. Now Mishnah is referencing that time as well. Nasi or Rosh Hashanah? He was the Nasi. I'm sorry. Uh, Rabbi Gamliel was the... Gamliel was the Nasi? Yeah. No, no. Gamliel was the Rosh Hashanah. Or no, yeah. he was a Nazi. No, he was a Nazi. Right. And but again, Rabbi Lezer replaced his position. Just for a day, I think. It was for a short while, but yeah, but what? The position of Nazi or, or Rosh Hashanah? Nazi. Or, Nazi. Or, Nazi. 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 It's said okay. because afterwards, reinstated after Rabbi Gamal was reinstated, Rabbi Lazarus. As what? For what position? Stayed on as associate Nazi. Nazi, Nazi. Okay, Nazi. Okay, let's go on. Now. That's what you're, that just as the waters will check her to see if she's done anything wrong, so too the waters will check him. Now we're going to see that the, the, who the him is. Is it the husband? Is it the paramour? We're going to see right now. Now there's going to be a question, is it because the vow is written twice, or is it the extra vow? That we'll talk about in the Gemara. Just as when there is a suspicion about her activities, she becomes prohibited to the husband, she also, she can't run off and get a divorce and go now get married to the paramour. That prohibition that applies to the wife, to the husband, also applies to the man that she's suspected with. Here that's actually actually extra vav. It says she becomes defiled with an extra vav. To tell him, That in the earlier generation, my Rebbe, Zechari ben Akatsav, he actually darshan the same way as Rebbe Kiva, to the way of Zechari ben Akatsav darshan. Rebbe Oymer, Shnei he says that, I agree with Allah, but it's from a different source. It says twice in the parsha, Nitma'ah, V'nitma'ah. One teaches you the prohibition to the husband, one teaches you the prohibition to the, uh, to the paramour. Not necessarily arguing, just saying the source is somewhat different. Let's go weiter. Bo Bayom. Now, according to Rashi, why is this brought down? Because that machlokas that was going on before was actually taught on that day. Bo Bayom, on that day, that day when there was the impeachment of Rabban Gamliel, Doros Rabbi Akiva, Rabbi Akiva taught the following. And just, uh, this is a little complicated. Let me just explain it outside and make it simple. There is the halachas in the laws of Tumor that contact takes it down a level. So a dead body, for example, that's the highest level of Tumor, that's Avi Avosa Tumor. Comes into contact with a person, it becomes an Ava Tumor. Comes into contact with something, it becomes a Rishon Tumor, Shein Tumor, Shlish Tumor, Revi Tumor. Now, usually the way, the rule it is, something that's Chulin, food that is Chulin, that's not consecrated, becomes disqualified at Shaini. It can't go past that. Truma becomes the disqualified at Shlishi. Kachim can come disqualified as Rabbi. Rabbi Akiva wanted to darshan from the Psukim that the Psukim imply that it's not just Truma that can become disqualified as Shlishi, but even Chulin can go one more level down and Chulin can disqualify as Shlishi as well and not Shani. Now what's the Raya? Because he brings a Raya from the Pasuk. The Pasuk is talking about a Klicheres. A Klicheres is an earthenware vessel. An earthen vessel is different than a metal vessel. A metal vessel becomes Tomei when the Sheretz touches the vessel the vessel becomes Tomei, and then if there's something inside the vessel, the vessel then will make Tomei the item inside. By a Klicheres, it doesn't work that way. The way a Klicheres becomes Tomei is the airspace. When you put the Sheres, dangle it into the airspace, then the vessel will become Tomei, and it will make the item inside. But contact 
doesn't make a klicheres tame. It's the airspace in the vessel which makes the klicheres tame. Now the Pasuk says like this. The Pasuk's talking about that if you have a klicheres and a sheretz falls into the airspace, the, 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 it says that the, the klicheres then will make the food that's inside become tame. Now let's talk about this for a moment. The sheretz is an avatuma. Okay? Which means that the klicheres will become and the food that's inside it will become shamey. Correct. Now, the positive doesn't say we're talking about that there's truma in there. It just says, kolasha yitma means it could even be cooling. Now, Rabbi Kiva darshans the grammar. It doesn't say that whatever's inside the klicheres is tame. It doesn't say the word tame. It says yitma. Will be. No, not only, but the itma means, also it has means, it has the capacity to make something else tame. And therefore he says, you see from there, that the chulin doesn't just become disqualified as a shayni, it's still alive. It still can go on and make something into a shlishi. That's the point that Rabbi Akiva wanted to bring for chulin. That's the drasha. Okay, everyone see that? Let's read inside now. Says like his daughter Rabbi Akiva. Rabbi Akiva founded a chlicheres, a earthenware vessel. Asher yipol mehemel teichay. That if of these shrotsim will fall into their space, kol asher b'sarecha anything that's contained within the vessel yitma will become tame. Ain omer tame. Don't say it is tame. Ela yitama yitama is mashma what letame acherim that it has the capacity to make something else tame, which means limit al kikar to teach me that a kikar, even a chulin loaf, shemi, shemetam is a shlishi, is able to make something into a shlishi, which is not normative halacha, because normative halacha is that what? Is that when chulin becomes a shemi, it's done, right? Now, I'm a Rabbi Yeshua. Rabbi Yeshua said like this. He thought it was a gewaldige drosha. But he, what he wants to say is like this. He, Rabbi Yeshua's Rebbe, Rabbi Yochanan and Zakkai, Right? He had a, uh, Rabbi Yochanan and Zakeh lamented. He said that even though I am telling you that the rule is that Truma becomes disqualified as a Shlishi, now how do we know that? He says the Chorah, you only know it through a Kalva Chomer. Because if Chulin becomes disqualified as a Shani, then Kalva Chomer, Truma should become disqualified as a Shlishi. That's a, he says, but it's not such a great Kalva Chomer, and I'm afraid that later generations are going to come and slug up the Kalva Chomer, and therefore what are they going to end up saying? It's just as Chulin is disqualified as Shani. Truma also, the most you can learn, is disqualified as a Shani, and you won't have a way of knowing that what? Truma becomes a Shlishi. So now Rabbi Yeshua said that if only Rabbi Yochanan and Zakeh was alive, he would have been able to learn from his student Rabbi Akiva, because Rabbi Akiva now has a drosha that teaches me, that even though Rabbi Akiva wants to use it, that Chulin can become disqualified, but at least you can say for sure the Pasuk might be talking about not that there's Chulin in the vessel, but if there's no Chulin in the vessel, then what's in the vessel? At least Truma, and this could be the source that, that Truma becomes disqualified as a Shlishi. So you don't have to rely on a Kalva Chomer. You actually have a scriptural source that shows you that Truma can be disqualified as a Shlishi. Is that, is that clear? 
Right? Let's see inside. So Moses says as follows. So I'm Rabbi Yeshua, me, Gala, Aframeen, Echer, Rabbi Yochum, and Zakkai. If only somebody would be able to remove the dust from your eyes, i.e. if you'd be alive today. Shayisa Omer, that you used to say, Osid Dorachher, that I'm a concern that a later generation is going to come. Letar, Kikar Shlishi, that's going to say that Truma, that is of a Shlishi, is going to be Tahor, Shaila, Mikram, and because we have no source for it from the Torah. It's only through that Kalva Chomer, and it's not such a great Kalva Chomer that in Chulin is Tameh Shani, Truma's Chavesh, Lishi, is not Rabbi Akiva, your student. Maybe you could use the drasha that he's bringing to teach you a source that what? That Truma can become disqualified as a Shlishi. Even though Rabbi, Yoh, Rabbi Akiva himself wanted to use it to teach me what? To teach me Chulin can become a Shlishi. But you could argue that maybe it's not talking about this Chulin in the vessel. It could be Truma. But at least you can bring me a Raya that the Truma is. Shu Tomei, Shanemar Asher Besocha Yitma. I didn't say Tomei. It says Yitma, which teaches me that there is some kind of food that becomes a Shlishi. And that could be referring to Truma. Let's go on. Boba Yom Darash Rabbi Akiva. On that day, Rabbi Akiva taught the following. Again, not anything related to it, but it's just something that happened on the day of the impeachment of Ram Gamliel. We know that the, the Levium did not get a chalik in the Nachla. They weren't given their own portion. So where did they live? Ir Miklat. Correct. Lived in the Ir Miklat. Now, in the Mir Miklat... And they have the fields around it. Correct. So the Ir Miklat has... Psukim, it says that they have the land around it. Now, there's a contradiction in the Psukim. One says that the land around it was 1,000 Amma. And the other Pazik says the land around it was 2,000. How do we reconcile? That's going to be discussed over here. So, Babi Yamdarosh Rabbi Akiva says, Madosam Bichutzvair. And you'll measure outside of the city of the Aramikla, the 48 cities, as Paas came to the east. You'll go Alpaim Abba Amma, 2,000. Every direction, 2,000 Amma is the boundaries. Outside of the city. That's one puzzle. We have a different puzzle that says, Amar Mekira ear, that from the edge of the city of Echutza, Elef Amma, 1,000 Amma, so, uh, so if one, uh, surrounding the city. Now, EF Shalom El, we can't just say it's 1,000, Amma Shafar Nehmer Alpine, because you have one puzzle saying it's 2,000 Amma. The EF Shalom Alpine Amma, and you can't say it's 2,000 Amma, Shafar Nehmer Elef Amma, because one puzzle says it's 1,000 Amma. So, how can you, how do you reconcile the two psukim? So, the way Rabbi Akiva went to the Darshan, they're talking about for different halachas. What are they talking about like this? Let me explain it outside and see inside. What he's going to say is that the thousand amas is that there had to be, there was a halacha, that you had to leave uncultivated the first thousand amas around the city for the, uh, the, the beauty, for the, uh, for the aesthetics. aesthetics. The aesthetics of the city, one thousand was left around. That's the positive of one thousand. The two thousand is for the laws of Tchum Shabbos. That we know that you're allowed to go uh, 2,000 Amis, you're uh, past the city, you're not supposed to walk a certain amount, but you're allowed, up to 2,000 Amis, you're allowed to go, that's for Tchum Shabbos. Now, this is Rabbi Kivu also because he holds Tchum Shabbos is Deiraisa. So then, obviously, that's what the Pasuk can be. The Chachamim holds Tchum Shabbos is only Durabonon, at least the 2,000 Amis part of it is only Durabonon, they're going to have to give a different shot. But Rabbi Kivu says, like Hakeit said, how do you accommodate? El of Amma, Migrash, 1,000 Amis is the, for, is, is, is open area, Migrash, that is uncultivated for the aesthetic. Ba'apayim Amma in 2000 is the Tchum Shabbos. That is for the laws of Tchum Shabbos. Well, Lazar Benoishil, Rabbi Yosef Glili, who holds that the 2000 Amma of Tchum Shabbos is only the Rabbanon. So it's only the Rabbanon, therefore what? Obviously, that cannot be the Pshad 
in the pasuk, because then it'll be daraisa and other rabbanim. So what does he learn? There's one thousand that was left uncultivated. Alpaim ama the second thousand that was sadas v'kromim that was made with fields and vineyards. So therefore, like this way to read it, one thousand pasuk of one thousand. I was talking about the open area for aesthetics. The pasuk is talking about two thousand. That's the second thousand which was used for fields and for uh, vineyards. Okay. Again, another thing was taught on that day, on that day. Now, this is more of a, 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 a garata. As Yashir Moshev and Israel es Ashirazais Lashem Vayomru Leimor. Now, the Pazak says like this, Moshe that day, on the day of the Yamsuf, Chris Yamsuf sang with B'nai Yisrael, and Lamer saying. Now, usually when you have a pause, says, Hashem spoke to Moshe Lamer. Lamer means say over to B'nai Yisrael. But it can't mean over here, say over to B'nai Yisrael. Because the first part of the Pazak says, who's singing? Moshe and B'nai Yisrael. So Lamer can't be say over to B'nai Yisrael because they're helping him. And the singing. So what is it coming to teach you Lamer for? It means it was done responsive. The same way as Halal. You sing one Pasuk, they repeat the Pasuk. That's how Az Yashu was sung as well. He sang one and they were, that was the Lamer. I mean, there was this, this responsive nature like you sing Halal. Right? That's why it says Namor. Rebbe Nechemi disagrees. It means it's a It was said like you say Shema. The Lord learns the Halal. Not like you read Halal. And the Gemara will discuss what does it mean saying like you say Shema as opposed to saying Halal. We'll see the Gemara. Both of you on that day, Darsh of Yeshua, then Horkunus, Rabbi Yeshua ben Arash expounded that Lo Avet Yuvah is HaKadosh Baruch Elami Ava. That Eo, the level of relationship, the level of service that he had for Hashem was all out of love. How do we know that? That behold, even if Hashem kills me, I will still yearn for Him. I desire Him. I yearn for that relationship even if it ends up killing me. However, it's still not 100%. It's still debatable whether the of service was out of love or out of fear. Why? Because we know the word lu that can sometimes can be read with an aleph. Right? And therefore, if it's read as an aleph, it's actually saying the opposite. It's saying is, I will yearn for him if he doesn't kill me, but he does kill me, then I, I, I'm not necessarily yearning for him. So, so it's not necessarily that he's, that he, that's out of a high level of love. So when it says, uh, maybe it means no, maybe it means no, I'm not, I don't have that yearning if, I'm, if it's gonna kill me. Talmud Lomar comes along another pasuk and clarifies Ad Egva Lo Asir Tomasi Mimeni that until I die my wholesomeness will not remove, be removed from me. This wholesome nature that I serve Hashem will be there until I die. So you see from there that what that his service was out of love. It wasn't out of fear. I'm Rabbi Yeshua. Rabbi Yeshua, when he heard the drasha of Yeshua ben Hurkunus, he said, If only you were here today, who can remove the, the, the dust from your eyes? Because you actually darsh him differently. You said, All your life, all your life, you darsh him. That actually was a lower level than the Chorah. You have only served Hashem out of fear. It says he was Tam Yasha, he was wholesome and he was upright, but it was because of Yerei Lakim, his fear of Hashem. The star Mirai that he removed himself from evil. But Yeshua ben Horkanis, who is the student of your student, second generation, he was a student of your student, Lomad, he has a drasha that, that it's not out of fear, but actually it was out of, which means out of love. So I'm going to have a good day.